Good afternoon, everybody. Great discussion today. Y'all come on in as we continue with our book, Marriage, Sex, and the Bedroom. And uh, we have a great discussion for you all this afternoon, and I'm excited about it. Excited about this book. I'm excited about what God has uh, for us. And um, so we're looking forward uh, to a great discussion today. We're going to talk about the undefiled bed. We're going to talk about how the enemy tries to defile what God has made holy. Uh, the, God says, be holy for I am holy. Take off the sole of your feet for the ground that you stand on is holy. But the enemy puts giants on it and walled up cities to try to defile it. But we've looked at um, arranged marriages. Uh, uh, you all got some interesting questions. What do you do when your spouse has a difficult time with forgiveness? Can you get it back if there is no trust? Uh, why does the loss of intimacy lead to fidelity? Boy, I blew that one up uh, last week. Uh, last two weeks, actually, last two sessions. How to mesh my sex drive with hers? Uh, money. Uh, at some point, I'm going to deal with money. I haven't answered that one yet, but money is a big issue. Uh, what do you do when your spouse doesn't respect boundaries? Uh, somebody said, I've been a whole year without sex. Can't uh, I don't know if the maid can't perform. Sometimes you need a jump start. I talked about uh, uh, them, them little pills. Husband left me multiple times. He's on dating sites. What do you do to get past it? Uh, we talked about that on the last week. So let's get started. Let's get started. So today's topic uh, uh, is entitled The Undefiled Bed. The Undefiled Bed. Now let, let me let me give you the premise of this topic. It is based upon several passages that I want to deal with. Um, Hebrews thirteen and four says, "Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is undefiled. But the whoremonger and the adulterer, God will judge. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers." God will judge. Honorable versus defiled. Honorable versus defiled. One of the things that I, I want you all to get today is something that, and one of the reasons why I believe in marriage so emphatically, why uh, I minister to it, why I felt like that was my specialty. Dr. Grace and I work very diligently all over this country sharing and talking, and that's despite what's going on right now. Uh, but it was based upon God's truth, God's word. And this book started with that premise, marriage is honorable in all. Let me just, uh, and then I'm going to talk about how it gets defiled here in just a minute. When the Bible says in all, I want you all to understand that some of you uh, people have come to me and say, well, pastor, I don't have love for this person anymore, or this person has uh, uh, stepped out on me or whatever the case may be. And, and so that's where we get into this area of it's become defiled. But one of the things that I often run into as to why people leave or quit 
or give up on marriage. It has indeed become defiled, but the reason why it's become defiled is because of the uh, the inadequacies, the lack of perfection in us. You know, a lot of people say, well, if you wait on God, God will send you the perfect person. The problem with that is nobody's perfect. If God is the one who is to choose our mates, how could he choose somebody that may leave us one day, that may quit us one day? And the bottom line is, that's why God ain't in that business, in spite of what you've heard other people say. Now, I can't argue that somebody said that they prayed and God sent them a mate. I ain't going to argue that point. I ain't going to argue the point. I, I remember my mother and my father, my uh, Lord bless my father's soul, rest his soul, uh, married almost 60 years before he passed. And um, he said him and my mom were in church. They didn't know each other. They was in the high service, dancing and shouting, praising God. And, um, and when he... Um, when, when the service came down, opened their eyes, they was in each other's arms. I was like, when I heard that story, I was like, wow, that is profound. But let me be real clear. Don't you wait on somebody to dance in your arms. That may have happened for them, but something happening is not instructions. Instructions are he that finds a wife finds a good thing. He didn't say a perfect thing. He didn't say something that would always be there, never leave you nor forsake you. There's only one perfect being and there's only one person that will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our God, the one who will never leave you, the one who is perfection, the one who took on the sins of this world, even though he never sinned, but paid the cost for our sins. And so I tell everybody, even though people may tell you God sent them this one or God sent them that one or wait on the Lord and he'll send this, all I say is that's not biblical. It's not that it can't happen. It's just not biblical. The Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. So that says that one must be looking and one must want to be found. Now, when that happens, God says that that marriage in the sight of God becomes honorable no matter how they got together. Honorable, that means God honors your choice. God honors your marriage. I don't care why. A lot of people say, well, I got married too young. It don't, God don't care. He honors it. A lot of people say, I got married, I was just horny. I wanted to have sex and, and we kept getting caught up. So we wanted to make it right. And I wanted to stop fornicating. I wanted to stop uh, shacking up. That's okay. God honors that. Both of those are in scripture. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Ain't no age limit on that. And the Bible says it's better to marry than to burn. Paul said, I wish you all could be single like me, but nevertheless, <laughs> Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and every woman have her own husband. Uh, the Bible uh, uh, understood this drive in us for intimacy and sex and, and taught us don't defraud one another. See, this is where it starts getting defiled when we begin to defraud each other, when we begin to shut down and get upset and angry and mad. And we, we're starting to defile the bed. We're starting to defile, but I'm coming back to that. 
Um, I didn't know what I was doing when I got married. God don't really care. There are people who crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's, prayed, fasted, went on a 40-day fast, called down fire from heaven, crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. The man was in church. The woman was in church. Everything was perfect. And then it wasn't. Everything is good until it's not good. Everything is perfect until it's not perfect. Everything is great until it's not great. You know why? That happens because human beings are not perfect. God is, but we are not. That's why God makes so many uh, exceptions for us. It's why he's married to the backslider. It is why he gives us grace and mercy. It is why his mercy endureth forever because God is perfect, but man is not. Our job is to strive for perfection. Our job is to allow the Holy Spirit to give us strength to deal with our weaknesses. But Paul said, uh, uh, when I'm weak, then am I strong through Christ Jesus? But he knew he was weak. He said, uh, when I would do good, evil is present with me. I, I got this battle. I got this struggle. And if you're struggling within yourself, you know you're going to struggle with that girl. You know you're going to struggle with that boy. And so God had to know that we would marry people that were not perfect. And yet he said, it is honorable. It is honorable when you do it the way God says, not get married, but stay married. See, I remember when I first got saved and and and, and my, my parents said to me, and I didn't know why, it don't matter why you got saved. The only thing that matters is that you are saved. And what matters now is what you do next. See, some people get married because they get afraid. Somebody died in their life. Some people get married because they, they uh, uh, life has just gave them a, played them a bad hand and, and uh, maybe they're going through depression. Their boyfriend, their girlfriend left them. They feel like life, they're depressed, ain't got no money. So they try Jesus. Some people get saved because they grew up in church and that's all they ever knew was Jesus. And they got saved at a very young age of five or six or 10. And they felt the Holy Spirit. Some people got saved by accident. I'm a preacher all by myself. They went to a play. They went to a concert. They went to a meeting one night and their heart wasn't right. And something got a hold of them. But none of those things matter as to why you got saved. The only thing that matters is what you do next. And what you are required to do, God says, is to be holy, for I am holy. You need to learn how you have to sanctify yourself. Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and that perfect and acceptable will of God. And so this is what God wants us to do, knowing that we are imperfect, knowing that we're going to screw up tomorrow, even though we're trying today. No, we're going to screw up next week, even though we're trying today. And so he's given us uh, 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 all of these mercies and graces that endureth forever, everyday new mercies, because he know bless they heart, they trying, bless they heart, they're trying. Now, same thing happens in marriage. Bless his heart, woman, he's trying. Bless her heart, man, he's trying. Just, just work with him. Uh, and as long as you do, then marriage remains honorable. It's when we stop doing it 
that it becomes dishonorable. The undefiled bed, the undefiled bed. So honorable in marriage, honorable in intimacy. Let me stay right there. Again, I don't care that you've fallen out of love, in love, whatever. God, you know, we said till death do us part for richer or for poor, for better or for worse. So now, now that you got that, hallelujah, you keep it honorable by not defiling it. When I wrote this book on intimacy, it started with the premise of sex and most sex. And I talk about sex in the Bible and how God really wanted a man to uh, and a woman to enjoy sex. I talk about the three things that God gave us when he gave us intimacy and sex. And, and it was for procreation. It was for communication. And baby, it was for recreation. And when in, in the confines of marriage, when you engage in it, it is undefiled. No matter how you do it, which way you do it, upside down, left side down, up, in, right, out, slap it down, rub it up on the, on, on the, on the kitchen table, countertop. Make sure you wash it off if you invite me over to dinner, though. Stop, Pastor Will. It's still honorable. It's honorable. It's honorable. If you are, when, when you are married, what you and your mate does is honorable. Why you got married, how you got married, don't matter. Now that you're married, it's honorable. Your intimacy, your sex life, it's honorable within the confines of that. We make it defiled when we stop doing it God's way. We make it defiled, the undefiled bed. So, ladies, husband want to do a little something? That's honorable. Wives, uh, men, if your wife want to, that's honorable. If their appetite is 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 uh, uh, bigger than yours, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to increase your appetite. Uh, uh, Y'all better work with a brother because it's honorable. The bed is undefiled. The bed is undefiled. Whatever you decide to do, and and I, I you know, I'm gonna keep it clean. But if you ever go to one of my boot camps, we break it down. We oh, I'm, I'm, I tell you what, Song of Solomon's is really X-rated. <laughs> Ask some of the couples that been to our boot camps. If you read the Song of Solomon, you'd be like. He did what? She sat where? She tasted what? He 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 played with what? What in the oh oh yeah browsing where? Oh yeah, Song of Solomon's is X rated. Y'all 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 uh, 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 y'all y'all talking about uh, porno? If if you want to see some intimacy that is undefiled, read the Song of Solomon, or better yet, read my book. <laughs> I, I tell you exactly, ladies or men, who's trying to get to that honorable bed, I'm going to tell you which chapters to go to. I got a whole section called Sex, Sex, and More Sex. Are there limits in the bed? Are there limits in the bedroom? Under God's eyes, no. Uh, God's purpose for sex. Satan's plot to destroy it. He will see that's where the undefiled part gets in the necessity of sex, the commandment of sex, the power of the kiss, going beyond the missionary position. Stop, Pastor Will. Take me to the mountaintop. Mars versus Venus sex trap. You got to read that, people, because God says it's undefiled. 
as a pastor, I, I, I taught these things because I felt like they were vital. They were important for people to understand that and to understand not to let the enemy defile it. The first thing he, do, he does to defile, to defile your intimacy, to defile your marriage is number one, to get you to shut it down. Boy, you're getting ready to preach up in this place. Y'all better read this book. The necessity, the commandment, the power, the purpose, no limits. It's all there. Mountaintop, going beyond the missionary position. That's undefiled. It becomes defiled. First way it becomes defiled is when we shut it down, when we stop. I'm mad at my husband. I'm mad at my wife. Uh, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. Um, uh, I we didn't have that problem initially. We didn't have that problem when we first got married. Some of y'all didn't even wait for marriage. I'm gonna preach all by myself. Some of y'all didn't even wait until I do. You was like, well, I'm going to. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't say I do. You just said in your heart, well, I, I'm going to do. So right now, I will do. Stop, Pastor Will. I ain't studying y'all. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, uh, I, I'm a prophet. <laughs> I, I see some things. I, I've had people sit in my office as I was doing premarital counseling and, and look me straight in my face and lie to the prophet and tell me that they weren't having sex. I knew them ninjas was lying. He was hitting it. She was giving it up. Stop, Pastor Will. But I digress. We get married and the first thing we do after stress and arguments and fights and kids and bills is we start to defile intimacy by shutting it down. We start defiling it when God says it was so important that God didn't want you to stop even to fast and pray. He said, uh, defraud ye not one another except for it be with consent to spend time in fasting and praying with God. In other words, you can't even tell your mate, I don't want to do nothing uh, uh, um, because I'm fasting and praying. No, you got to get their permission. Well, well, you, you go to your husband and you say, uh, baby, God is calling me on uh, a three-day fast in, in prayer. Uh, uh, your husband can say, not today. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching. It's in scripture. Read it for yourself. Accept it be with consent. Do not shut it down unless it be with consent for a short period of time to go into fasting and praying. And then soon as that period is up, that means you better put an end time on it, end date on it, come back together, lest you be tempted. That's the Bible. When you shut it down, what you are doing then is you're starting to defile the bed. Marriage is honorable and all, I don't care why you got married, and the bed is undefiled. You defile it when you first shut it down. You defile it because you don't keep your intimacy. You lose your intimacy. You defile it when you stop doing what you used to do. The Bible says, I got a problem with you. You've left your first love. Y'all remember what y'all used to do. Y'all remember how it used to be. You remember just the tingling when you just kiss, hold hands, uh, all of that. And, and, and yes, you remember that. And God said, I got a problem because you left your first love. He says then, remember and repent. That is God. That's, that's, that's it. See, when you shut down, 
When you just start going through the motions, God says you're starting to defile the bed. You're starting to defile intimacy. You're just starting to defile. Oh, it's going to get worse now. It's going to get worse. I'm going to show you what the devil does. It's going to get worse when you allow the shutdown of your intimate relationship. Uh, the knowledge, the communications, the connection. Remember three purposes, procreation, communication, and recreation. So guess what the devil gets in the way of? Ah, ah, preach right there, Pastor Will. We're not procreating. We're not communicating. We don't even talk. Sex was to be with somebody that you're communicating because it in of itself was communicating the most intimate things about yourself. And it was it, it was a intimate thing. It was communications. And so God's purpose for this act was to procreate, to communicate, and to recreate. Please read this book. Please read the chapter on going beyond the missionary position, take me to the mountaintop, the Venus and Mars sex trap, the necessity, the commandment, and, and, and the power of sex. Please read that. It's right here in this book, Marriage, Sex, in the Bedroom. I, I got the link somewhere up there. But here's what I want you to understand. Remember, God's got a plan, but Satan has a plot. And some of you all fall prey. Number one, you shut it down. 